Do you love role-playing games? Well, you're not alone. At Dogmite Games, you can feel the Dogmite difference, and they offer years of powerful experience creating woodworking items that will enhance your home games. High-quality custom tabletop gaming hardware, from fully sculpted GM screens to dice towers and everything in between, they customize everything, the sculpture, the engravings, the finishes, they do it all. And they back it all up with an outstanding customer service, a lifetime guarantee on all of their creations, and real-time tracking of custom orders through their website. That is the Dogmite difference. Dogmite Games is the best gaming company that you've never heard of. You could change that today by heading over to dogmite.com and see how you can upgrade your gaming experience today. Brought to you by the power of the internet and fueled by imagination, this is Game Night Heroes. Toss dice and tell stories. The deeds of heroes await, and legends dare to be heard. This is Game Night Heroes. Welcome back once again to the Game Night Heroes. This is Kevin, your host and game master. This is part three of La Not Eterna, our playthrough of the official game straight on Kickstarter and out of Italy. La Notte Eterna is a game that takes place in an epic fantasy world where the sun has not risen in over 160 years, bathing the world in eternal darkness. Into this land, we will see four heroes make their way and attempt to make a discovery that can change the fate of the world once and for all. This game was recorded live. If you have not joined us before, please head on back and listen to the previous episodes to know what has happened already with our intrepid adventurers. Let's join myself and four fantastic all-star players in the North American debut of La Notte Eterna. Good evening and welcome back. The eternal night is around us and the moon is smiling down. So let us get back into our story. I am Kevin. I'm your host and your game master for this evening. I want to thank the RPG Academy for letting us take over their stream for a few hours here for part two of our three-part journey. So if you are just joining, make sure you go catch up with the previous episode, either here on Twitch until tomorrow or out on YouTube for RPG Academy. But let's go ahead. Let's meet my beautiful, fine players who are going to be taking this journey with us and breathing some life into this world that we're thrilled to do. So let's start right here at the top with my good friend, Bleak Season. How are you, sir? Ahoy, I am doing fine. I'm doing fine. Happy to be here and uh, excited to get back into this business uh, of living, living in the dark. I always have that. Now I got that Bruce Springsteen song, Dancing in the Dark, whatever it was. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. it. Yes. Was it what was that? What was the song? Was it dancing? Anyway, it doesn't who knows? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I'm in the dark about it. That's it. That's it. Glad to have you back. Uh, hey. Remind everybody, please, who you are playing your character and what exactly he is all about. 
My character is Ubold. He's an uh, uh, Urakian, uh, which is a uh, race that has, uh, in this particular in this particular case, sort of water buffalo traits. So he looks like this giant, uh, sort of shambling, uh, buff water buffalo-headed uh, creature. He's a uh, druid uh, keeper of the secret flame. He is someone who has a lot of wisdom and very, very interested in sharing that wisdom. Uh, you know, at every turn, every possibility at length, uh, and really without taking much of a pause to breathe or do anything like that. So he's a fount of information, of wisdom, of uh, secrets. Um, and yeah, like me, just can't shut him up. <laughs> Very true. Well, I look forward to hearing more of his droning words of wisdom. So uh, thanks for having him back. <laughs> thanks for the invite. Moving right along to player number two, uh, Beth, hello. Welcome back this evening. How are you? Well, hello. Um, I'm great. Very great. How are you doing? Awesome. Excited? I'm glad to be here with the four of you. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm really excited. This is a very cool setting so far. Um, I am playing Emmeline, uh, who is just peak cleric. Uh, she has dedicated her life to um, finding and helping anybody which frankly in this world is everybody um and as we learned last week it has gotten her into a little bit of trouble uh here and there being a bit too trusting perhaps but you know she has a uh light within that she will shine and it's gonna happen so uh yeah excited to see where this goes Beautiful. Yes, I'm glad to have you back, and I'm glad to have you playing Emmeline again. Great character. I'm looking forward to seeing what she does tonight. So thanks for being back. Thank you. Next, we have Gaynor. How are you? How's it going this evening? Yeah, it's going well. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, what's up, gang? Uh, my name is Gaynor. I am a queer TTRPG actor, uh, and tonight I'll be playing Sarah who is a blood dart assassin, uh, perhaps the younger of the crew, the least experienced, but uh, she's making it work. She's feeling particularly um, validated tonight after not trusting uh, Runa for absolutely no good reason, but it worked out in her favor. And uh, yeah, she's on a quest here with her, her adventuring party here to try and see if she can do some good in the world and uh, see if she can figure out why the shadows tend to cling to her. So yeah, super excited to be here. Excellent, excellent. Glad to have you back. I'm looking forward to getting back into this with you tonight. So thank you. Oh yeah. And final player for this evening, also serving as our producer on this awesome, amazing stream. That's Miko, Master of Puppets. How are you, sir? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing well. I don't know about Master of Puppets, but uh, there's at least a couple of things that I'm Master of that will go unnamed at this point. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Miko, uh, otherwise known as the OKest GM uh, at the underscore OKest underscore GM on all the socials. Uh, I am indeed uh, a producer uh, of this and other shows out there. Uh, feel free to, to check out my socials if you're at all interested in any of that kind of awesome stuff. Um, I am playing Nuck and Air, uh, a uh, Northman barbarian uh, who is uh, old, 
but nobody really knows just how old, and he probably doesn't even know how old he is, uh, considering his level of uh, intellectual aptitude. Um, but uh, he's uh, he's pretty good with uh, the weapons that he wields, uh, and he's he does everything he can to protect his uh, his com- uh, companions around him. Absolutely, yes. Well, thank you for being back as well. Appreciate you. And I appreciate all four of you coming back to join me tonight. So thank you so very much. Uh, as a quick reminder, yes, I am Kevin. I am found online to the socials at Kevran Games. And uh, we'll find out a little bit more about the other projects that the five of us work on a little bit later. But for now, let's take a moment to dive back into the world of the Eternal Night. Now that we are here in Nier for La Notte Eterna. Last time... We had our players, four heroes who have ventured together for some time now, found their way through the Ashen Land into Petrolta, which is a city that is a conglomeration of both human and Karevi architecture and backgrounds. They found their way here after a recent excursion through the Crater of Boiling Fire, where they were hoping to find a little bit of respite, but soon found themselves entranced and ensorcelled in a little bit of a problem with a young woman who was being attacked that came to her aid and helped her seek out her mentor, the archivist Minghil, who they rescued. But alas, the young woman was in fact up to some nefarious purposes. She betrayed them and stole an item that is necessary to open some sort of vault near the city here. And she escaped into the shadows. So the party, having rescued Ming Hill, are now wondering what exactly comes next in the Ashen Land and what exactly they've gotten themselves involved in. So, when we open up... The night is dark, and it is cool and chill, as it typically is, for the sun has not risen in the world of Nier in 161 years, ever since its god of the sun, Laun, was cast out and imprisoned by his arch-nemesis, Demian. As we find ourselves here in the dark, we are once again in Petralta. We have moved out of the secret hideout and encampment that we have rescued Ming Hill from, and the party has ventured back up onto the surface of the city of Petralta to reconvene and figure out what exactly comes next. Specifically, Ming Hill is a gnome. He's older, he has a long white beard, glasses, and he has a little bit of a disheveled look to his hair, to his face, because he was recently imprisoned in tortured, perhaps, maybe for a little bit. So he looks at everybody. So, who precisely are all of you? How did you know to come find me? What is going on here? Ubold will just sort of side-eye look over at Emmeline. Well, okay, so we were tricked, and um, it's not the first time it's happened. Probably won't be the last. Um, we were told by someone who said that they were, I guess, your mentee, uh, someone you were training, um, and it turns out they were lying the whole time. So, um, you're here. We're here. Now what? 
Well, that's quite a quite a mistake that was made, I would certainly say. But luckily, we have some information we can glean out of this. This young woman that you spoke of, this, uh, uh, he seems to be thinking for the word for, uh, Runa, I believe you said her name was. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You said she sought me out. Why, why did she say, because I was her mentor, I was her teacher? That doesn't quite fit. We uh, know that now. Yeah, her whole deal kind of didn't fit. So, you know, a lot of people are saying that we should have probably not trusted her, but, you know, what's past, you know, is in the past, you know, we got to move forward. I guess my question to you is like, like, what? what's your deal? Like, why is everybody so worried about what you're up to? Well, I am an archivist, a rather good one, I should certainly like to think. I have spent my entire life devoting myself to the study of the ancient ways of the world before the sky fell and became dark, the time before Laon was imprisoned, and I like to think that I know a bit about the distant magics of the land here, and I specifically was looking for a very potent scroll that is part of the prophecy, if certainly you know of the prophecy. We definitely know about the prophecy, but maybe if you could just tell us, yeah. you know, your interpretation. We talk about it all the time, but I'd yeah. love to hear it in your words. Mm-hmm. Summarize, please. Well, certainly, for the sake of brevity, I would not like to go on and on about such a thing, but mm-hmm. the prophecy speaks that there will be a time after the dark falls upon the land in which a great discovery will be made. After the discovery is brought into the light of the world, there will be a great change, that there will be perhaps a new look upon the land, as the history will be rewritten and will be increased by this discovery. It would be heeded by the falling of a meteor. You, of course, have no doubt come across the meteors in your travels. I could tell you are very learned adventurers who have experienced quite a bit, so. In many ways, we're sort of amateur archivists ourselves. We know quite a lot about things, and, you know, we find ourselves pretty well informed. But any information you want to share with us is definitely appreciated, even if it's probably just going to be stuff we already know. Well, Sarah, I would like to think that normally I would make you roll a deception check for such a thing, but Ming Hill seems to be taking what you guys are saying at face value, and he goes, Ah, oh, yes, it is good to know that I am surrounded by folks of like mind. Yes, the meteor, uh, we, as you know, have come across these meteors many a time. This area is rather prevalent with them, it would seem. They are bits of the sky that fall due to the celestial war that rages above us even now. Sometimes there are artifacts, sometimes there are bits of history, and sometimes perhaps there are even bits of glimpses of the future that we can see within those bits that fall to the land. And I am after such a thing. You, you perhaps, is there one in particular that you're after? I'm trying, I, I was for sure paying attention when Zatara was talking about these things, but um, I guess I'm just wondering if there was one specifically you were after, or... 
Yes, of course. Well, the artifact that Runa escaped with is a key of sorts. It is used to open a great vault somewhere in the Underdark here, deep within the Karevi lands beneath the surface of Petralta. <laughs> I did get it at a great personal cost, he says, and he kind of winces a little bit as he feels the bruise forming on his cheek from his getting worked over by these guys. And he says, uh, yes, I uh, would say that I paid for that quite dearly, but there's a key that opens a vault that houses the scroll of Melko. And he says this like you all should know that this is like some big important thing. So he waits for you all to have a reaction. I, I gasp. <gasps> scroll of milk. The scroll of milk toast. My God. Oh, the scroll of Melko. Uh, oh, sorry. One. No, I misspoke. I knew that, of course. Well, it is a scroll that is used by prophets and by academics alike. This is the this is the book that's like a book that is bigger than the book. He explained it kind of confusingly, but this is the thing that Zatar was talking about, right? Yes, Zatar. It sounds like you have a problem. Best of luck, then. All right, well, it uh, sounds like Ubold's on his way out, so... But... Uh, uh, you are simply leaving? You don't wish to help me in this quest? You already came this way and rescued me from those ruffians below. Ubold is my ride, so we I were, can't really... We were asked to come and rescue you, but no one has asked us to help retrieve any sort of scroll. Are you perhaps intending to ask us? Well, I thought that I already had. I suppose I had thought that you were already involved in the quest, but uh, since I know that you are not, I will ask you, will you aid me in this quest? Yes. Look at him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also glance over at Evelyn. <laughs> I like uh, the cut. I like your cut. You are definitely a elf who is well aware of how important these things are. I appreciate you. Well, thank hmm. you. What exactly would be the downside to Runa discovering this scroll before you would? Yeah, maybe she needs it. Well, according to legend, according to myth, and according to the prophecy itself, the scroll of Melko specifically holds a certain passage that will detail the events that will lead to the great change, the events that will shape the world of Nier for the better or for the worse, depending on who intervenes. The scrolls... Oh, please, go right ahead, Mr. Urakian. I wasn't finished. What I guess I'm asking is why would your hands be the right hands for this and not her hands? Well, I am but a humble archivist who has made the scroll my life's work, as I have previously stated. And if she has already beguiled you once, she certainly has methods to beguile others, and perhaps you again. I would suspect if she is who I believe she may be, she may be a part of the Obsidian, an order who seeks out the scroll so that they may use it for their own purposes. They wish to have a claim here in the world of Nier and to change it for the worse. And I believe they may use the scroll for this purpose. But 
What about you? What would you do with it? Why should we help you get it? Certainly. Well, I would study it. I would take it with my other archivists who are a member of my sect in the distant land of Amber, and I will look into it to make sure that it is safeguarded properly. I will make sure that we grasp every bit of knowledge from the scroll and from the prophecy to make sure the world will be safeguarded. Can I lean in like real close to him, get way up in his personal space here and make an insight check? Just I want to like, I'm not even trying to be subtle about it. Like I'm like looking him down his eyes and like looking him up and down, really looking to see what his reaction is. Sure, absolutely. I think you could definitely do that. You all were recently uh, tricked by Runas. I don't think it's out of line at all for you. Absolutely to not. To and also, these yep. are my friends. When I'm not looking to make any new friends. 23. Absolutely. 23. Uh, yeah, you can definitely tell that this guy, without a doubt, is being very honest, very earnest, very sincere. This is a guy who is really worried about the knowledge, and he's worried about making sure that this is in the right hands. So. I lean back and I say, nope, not evil, just a nerd. See? I'm not quite certain what a nerd is. However, it's a a type of uh, worm that eats books. Don't worry about it. That was more of a rhetorical question. Um, You see, as you so aptly pointed out yourself, we were recently bamboozled. And I look over at Emmeline. You tricked them? What did you do to trick them, Elven lady? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I didn't trick them, per se. Um, m- more that I, I trust a little too easily. And um, not for the first time. It's gotten us into a bit of trouble and since only a fool repeats the same actions over and over hoping something changes um we would perhaps be best served by being a little bit more discerning in the future not 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 too discerning right because right right I'm not finished. And so you will pardon us if we simply try to make sure that you are indeed the party that we should lend our not inconsiderable assistance to. Knock and air. I am not finished. He talks slow. Just let him. He'll tell you when he's finished. Knockin' air, what do you think? I think you're being a little bit too far gone in this case, Ubold. Just because someone hasn't necessarily earned our trust yet doesn't mean that they have earned our distrust. Certainly, if I can take a dagger in the back from someone that I call friend, I think we can at least take this little man 
at his word for now. Yeah, I mean, I guess Emmeline's mistake kind of did feel like a dagger in the back. I'm sure that's what you're referring to. Nakanera is just going to lean over Sarah, (laughs) breathe out heavily as the cold frost escapes his mouth (laughs) and causes little icicles to form on her eyebrows. (laughs) She's just going to quietly take the knife back from Nakanera and put it back into her belt and just desperately try not to look at him. It seems we are. Who said I was finished? <laughs> it's like it's, it really is like watching two boulders yeah. talk to each other. It's, Already it's... said more words than you've said in the entire month prior to today. I thought you had perhaps expanded <laughs> your entire lot. Just because you have wax between your ears and don't hear when I speak so much doesn't mean that I don't speak too bold. Wow, did you guys see this cool stuff in the room? I say loudly (laughs) trying to stop this before it gets intense. Like watching two icebergs. Slowly crush. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Very Uh, well, I guess we will help you. I... (laughs) I said I wasn't done. Oh, my gosh. We're gonna be here all day now. take this over? Amelyn, do you yes. trust him? Yes, of course I do. Um, I, don't I still think we should do that it. That should mean much. And I trust Emmeline. Oh boy. If Emmeline is going <laughs> to go on this quest, then I'm going to go with her. And so Thanks. are you. And he looks at Ubold and Sarah, like, back and forth. Oh, Okay. If nothing else, it'll be fun. I think I'm just probably just going to go with it because I did stab Doc in there about five minutes ago, and I'm just hoping that he doesn't stab me back. So probably just going to go with it. You'll have to give me a minute while I explain to Doc what the word fun means. Then we may proceed. Oh, boy. I can't tell whether that was a burn or whether that was genuine. It's... It's very hard to tell. Um, best to just let it be. I can certainly see that your party has an interesting dynamic. Uh, I don't wish to get in the way of anything, so I think I'll just stand over here. And he steps out from the middle of all four. Because <laughs> Sarah looks genuinely confused. I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> well, maybe. Is this abnormal? Don't give them space to continue this because they'll just keep going forever but what can we do what do you need from us what just I mean how how do we carry on here well there are one of two options as I see it if this young woman this Willoy woman named Runa if she took the device the key as it were to the vault there is one of two things she shall do with it one she will take it directly to the vault and try to enter within to try to get the scroll of Melko. But she may not be fully aware that there are traps and obstacles one must bypass to get that far. Or option two, she is simply going to take it to someone else who would do such a thing themselves. 
I would say it's only a matter of time before our paths will diverge upon the, the vault itself. So we're headed to a big vault? Um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so is this the type of vault that we want to steal from? Well, I wouldn't entirely think it'd be a good idea to steal from the Vault of the Ancients, but if that is the sort of thing you may wish to try, young woman, I cannot stop anything that you wish to do. You are someone who can do as they please, so I... I generally you don't... said we needed to get this scroll of milk, whatever. Is, is believe... that in the Vault? Wouldn't is we me... be taking it from this vault place anyway I think it was pronounced milk goat I, I right. see yeah, you are rather astute friend um, that you are I very least, I am the least whatever words you just said as of all of these people I assure you he's not lying <clears throat> now maybe he'll we... just looks to Ebelin and just kind of Somehow you're the least offensive, I guess, of the group. <laughs> Can't help it. <laughs> Let us focus, perhaps, on finding this Runa and the thing she took from you, and we can ascertain whether or not we need to worry about the vault and the scroll and Milk Dud or whatever his name is uh, at a later date. Well, the only problem that I see with the plan, he says, steepling his fingers, is the fact that although I know that the vault contains the scroll of Melko, I do not entirely know its location as of now. We may need to find additional information here within the city of someone who might be able to tell us more. Mm. Luckily, I know a guy. Really? His name is Zatar. Oh, yes. yes, my friend Zatar, he is a bit of a merchant, but he has an eye for lore, and he has been in the city for quite some time. And as he is a Karevi, he will know things about the city that perhaps others may not. And Zatar I... is as much a merchant as Nakanair is a ballet dancer. Well, you did look rather spry. I, I could see you dancing. You do the move with the, the arms above, and... Do you do the lifts and things? Listen, what I and my tribe once did ages past is none of your business. I'll, se I'll send you the videos. It was beautiful. <laughs> you say the strangest things, Sarah. <laughs> so let's return to Zetar, then he will certainly be happy to see that his friend Minghill has been returned in decent enough condition. Very well. I have a good feeling about this. He kind of straightens up his robes a little bit. And uh, shall we? And he'll start walking through the city towards where the shop is. Uh, so I turn back into wind. <laughs> okay. Which is something that we should be able to do for the next few hours. hours. That's oh, true. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I don't, but I think about it. Continue. <laughs> you, you highly consider it, absolutely. So the four of you, unless there's anything else that you wish to do first, we'll follow him back to his Zatar shop, or? Yeah, I think so. 
Um, is there, do we want to search this room, gang, to see if there's are, anything? I think we already left the place. Mm. Yeah, you guys are back up on the surface level, oh, okay. out of the little right, hideout, cool. I guess you could say. All um, right, cool. Yeah. All right, then, yeah, no. I can't think of anything myself. Okay. So the four of you follow Ming Hill back through the city. As you recall, Zatar's merchant shop, his mercantile shop, is on the northern end of the city, where there was a bit more of the Karevi architecture here. As you make your way through, you see the different sections of the city. Again, they're intermingled between human architecture. It looks almost like an old uh, kingdom, pieces of a keep, things of this nature, that have been intermingled with bright, vibrant colors of strange cloth and materials that have probably been brought up from the Underdark. Uh, as you get closer to the shop, it becomes more and more of this Karevi style, this different look of the way things are. And when you get to where the shop is, you see it still there. It is a three-globed structure that is a deep amethyst-type color. And you all enter within, and you find Zatar is sitting on the floor like he was when you all left. He has that device where he is taking long drags of smoke out of this wand that attaches to the end of this device. He blows lazy smoke rings in the air. Oh, yes, hello, friends. I see that you have returned. And he sees Minghil. Ah, oh, yes, friend, I see that you are alive as well. This is most excellent. And he will come up and he will clasp him on the shoulders and the two of them have a little bit of a reunion. Hmm. Can you imagine how nonplussed we would have been if we had shown up here and one had tried to murder the other? It would have been a very strange turn of events. What? Where is the other that you traveled with? The, the Willow girl, he says, looking around. Oh, she was evil. Yeah. Evil here at my shop. Yeah, no, she, I mean, I mean, I guess maybe not evil. She's just kind of um, devious. She sucks. Deceitful. She is a vampire. <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, sorry. Slang from uh, where I'm from. Don't worry about it. Um, we were betrayed, <laughs> which I'm sure you understand. Zatar is, you know, that's what happens when you're in this kind of business um, of course. I, but I guess we were wondering now if you had any information we might use to perhaps find this vault that uh, our good friend Ming Hill has uh, been searching for mm, the vault you say and he looks at Ming Hill and he, then he looks slowly back to the four of you you do not mean to traverse into the vault of the ancients. I would hope not. Pretty, pretty, pretty sure we do. Yeah. No. Why shouldn't we? It is a dangerous place. There is magics from the ancient world that still draw power there. Have you been outside your shop at all recently? Almost certainly. I've made my way around the city oftentimes. That is how I met your friend here. He says, motioning towards Sarah. The world is a dangerous place. That it is. That it is. Objectively true, yeah. The Vault I... of the Ancients, Sitar says, sitting upright. And he sets down the, uh, the pipe wand for a moment. The Vault of the Ancients is an architecture that is from the time before the disappearance of Laun. 
During this time, the vault was used to house great artifacts and magics of the ancient world. There was a scroll that was oversought by a man named Melko, a mage who once resided in the city of Seven Runes. This man worked specifically with the great tyrant and dis, uh, the, uh, betrayer, Nagistar. And you all know who this Nagistar is. He is basically a figure of legend who, uh, during that time, he was instrumental in destroying the city of Seven Runes. This guy would basically be like an equivalent of like a boogeyman type of character. He's uh, a figure of legend at this point uh, because he helped bring the fall of the city of Seven Runes. Uh, which eventually led to the imprisonment of Laun. Uh, but luckily, this this man was uh, killed in the process of all of this. And uh, there's still some talk about that legend, however. So, But Zatar continues and says, There are... Well, to put it bluntly, there is a hidden vault that is down there. It is among distant ruins that belong to the kingdom that was here before it became the Ashen Land. And there, there are supposedly great evils and great spirits that look about the dark, that seek out to destroy and corrupt the living. It is also said that anyone who travels there must pay a great price to open the doors. A price that you cannot get back. Well, like a, like an arm or like a hundred dollars, two hundred gold or what? It is said that you must give up a piece of your soul. Sounds like a bad deal. Well, uh, um, okay. Um, cool, 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 cool. Um, so would Runa be giving up a portion of her soul? Or would she, I don't know, find some poor sap and send them through? I think we would need to debate whether or not she has a soul to begin with. Oh, she does. I could tell. And Ming Hill's gonna perk up. Actually, according to the legends, it has to be the person specifically entering into the vaults and entering through the threshold is the one who must give up the price. She could bring allies with her, but they would have to pay the same price as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we want to focus on finding her and stopping her before they get theirs. And then we don't have to worry about it. We can simply give you the key and you can do whatever you wish to do with it. And if you wish to part with your soul or part of it, you can certainly do that and we'll be on our way. Feels like a good deal to me. Well, according to the legends, the place where the vault is housed is not that far from here, to be honest. There supposedly are secret passages that lead from the distant part of the northeastern part of the city, where you will find the last remnants of the human architecture from before the Karevi came to the surface. There will be a series of buildings that you will know. They will call to you somehow. It is not entirely known how this works, but it apparently is how it works. 
Okay. Has no one tried to find this place before then, if it is so close by and easily accessible? But I would not certainly say it is accessible easily, friend. And of course there have been others who have gone, but they are not standing here now. Hmm. Where are they standing, or...? I certainly would not know. Anyone who has traversed and tried to find the scroll of Melko has not returned. So I guess... Oh, you mean like dead. Oh, okay. Um, cool. That's encouraging. Yeah, no, definitely a little worrying. Um... Could we perhaps have a moment to discuss amongst ourselves, my companions and I? He sits back down on the floor, cross-legged, and he picks up the wand. Okay. We'll, uh, you know, step outside or something. Okay. Yeah. Ming Hill starts to follow you all out, unless you stop him. I'm not going to. I don't know if any of somebody else wants to, but I'm not going to. I'll, I'll leave him for now. <laughs> just, just be ready to stab him. Yeah. <laughs> I start looking at the best places to stab him, just <laughs> recreationally. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Naturally, it comes to you. There's a few. Yeah. But no, he comes outside with you, so the five of you are just outside of the shop, standing there, and the the night is still dark. It always is, even though it is beginning to get to be uh, just before even moon, which would be basically our equivalent of like dusk time. Um, there's no change other than the moon is not nearly as bright as it was when you first arrived here. Well, I, I feel like you should all make the decisions here because I'm the one who sort of got us into this pickle. Um, you got us into a pickle and we got ourselves out of it. This is a different pickle that is entirely not of your making. Fair enough. And- I, I guess I... I'm going to be honest with you, gang. I feel like this is something I feel like we could... This could be really good to do, in, in my opinion. I, I mean, personally, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with kind of this and just kind of gestures to the the way the shadows are kind of pulling towards her if if this book is as powerful as they say it is there is a part of me that kind of wants to go get it there are two reasons why people hide things one is because these things are valuable and they do not want others to find them and take them for themselves. The other is because these things are too dangerous and should not be in well, the world. It's, it sounds like Runa will be going after it no matter what. So if I am if, saying that we don't need to be wanting to find this thing or to enter this vault to want to stop Runa from doing this. Yes, that's fair. Um, What do you think about all this? Oh, sorry. I was thinking about pickles. Ah, yes. What what should we do? I kind of want a pickle. 
I'll reach into too. my uh, ha- whatever haversack of this, that, the other, and it's got all these spices and these different little things, and I'll I'll pull out some some dill. No, reach my other pack and get like a little cucumber and spread some dill on it and hand it over. Oh, that looks most excellent. I believe I would like to have some of that as well, if you do not mind. All right, I start making like a bunch of little dill pickles. I'll put them oh, in the yes. jar. Oh, are we having a tea party? First food that I've had in two days, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, you'll want some, a little bit of protein with that, and lots of some dried meat, and I'll make yes. a, little, a little bunch of sandwiches. I'll cut off the crust. It was a. It's always appreciated that you carry around meat, despite the fact that you don't eat it. Appreciate that. Um, so I guess my. I, I lean in. It's soy. Oh, mm. I. Mm-hmm. I honestly couldn't tell. Um, I could. I know I could too. I'm just being really nice to him. Okay. I mean, he'll just. Um, um. <laughs> okay. Nakanair is just, you know, chomping on the cucumber at the moment. Nakanair, do you. Do you have any desire to. to do this? Do you think this is something we should do? Or... Why would I have changed my mind? I guess. I don't know. I the thing that is concerning me and and feel free to tell me this is ridiculous, but the thing that is concerning me is that if we go and we try to take care of this and for some reason it doesn't go well, something bad will happen. But we don't necessarily know what will happen if we succeed beyond just keeping her from doing it. We don't necessarily know what, I mean, no offense, what will happen once Ming Hill takes it. I mean, we know Ming Hill probably won't do anything with it, but who knows? We're just letting it out into the world. I guess... Sarah, every single day that I live, I don't know what's going to happen. That doesn't stop me from keeping on living and as far as this whole scrolls and souls business goes I don't think it matters overly much one way or another to be honest anybody that takes a piece of my soul for as some kind of payment for something I assure you is getting the worst end of the deal. And if we happen to help keep a person that has shown their colors of vileness away from something that they want, then I'm happy with it. And Emma wants to go do this. And so I'm going to go do this too. Okay. Um, can we just make a promise right now, though, that if we run into anybody who is roughly in my age range and has similar skills to me, that we just kind of don't bring them into the group and we kind of just let me take that role? 
Well, that would depend on the quality of the person. Okay, well, this no, is no, kind no. of the exact do, worry that I had, so. Do you think we're going to replace you? Uh, no. No. I will not let that happen. I guess I'm, just, I, I'm feeling particularly new at this point. I guess I, I appreciate that you guys are like bringing me in. I've had a great time and we killed a demon the other day and that was awesome. I guess I just like. I don't know. I. My. I'm good at the stuff like talking to Zatar. I'm not really good at the like. Going on an epic quest. Like if you ask me to kill somebody, like great, I can do that. But I'm not really good at the whole it, it, go to go to do a big important thing. Have you ever thing. done something like that? Um, I guess no. I then how do you know you're no good at it? Besides, That's... we could teach you. Hey, if we were able to teach knock and air. Anyone can learn. Besides. And you're our friend. If we were going to replace you, we would have replaced you when you stabbed knock and air in the back with your blade. I, we all know that was an accident, right? We right mean, knock and was Ubold, she didn't stab me with it. She threw it. I, that's also there is a distinct true. difference. Thank you, Bing Hill. Um, I mean, yeah, I, he's right. There's the whole arm motion aspect of it that is entirely different. Intent is a lot of it, too. Don't I worry, get... Sarah. We'll find a way <clears throat> to do this without having to replace you for anybody else. Well, at least you're honest. Um, okay. So next steps, I guess we tell Zatar we're going to take care of this and then I turn to being here and I guess do you have a map or any sort of like a compass? Is that what people, I don't, how do um, no, um, uh, we're just going to deal with what Zatar tells us. I mean, I, I was going to get the item, the key, and then I was going to speak with him anyway. So this is part, just the next steps we would see. Okay. Well, maybe we rest then after we tell Zatar and, and head out and head out after, after we've gotten some rest. Well, if you're on need of rest, that's fine, but I think it might be beneficial if we just go right out and get it. I mean, time is going to be a-wasting as Runa tries to make her way there, but... We can... I guess we can go. If everybody's feeling Before it. Before we go, I'll at least need Emma to put some stitches into the wound on my back. Oh, it's kind of bleeding geez. a lot. Oh, yeah, God. I'll, yeah, I'll heal you a bit. Oh, yeah, that's really gnarly. Oh, gosh. I'm really uh, sorry about that. Uh, I've had worse. No, weirdly, I actually—it's better that I stabbed you, I guess, than almost anybody <laughs> else. So, 
Uh, you get 13 points of, of healing. Thanks. Do you guys want to take a rest, a short rest, or a long rest? Or... I guess I'm wondering that. I, I, I mean, considering fine. how long all of this has gone on with the conversation with Sitar and everything, can we have just called it a short rest? Yeah, I think really, that, yeah, that would easily really be fine. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, I guess so. the question is, do you want to take a long rest or not? Do you want to sleep on it, or do you want to just push on? I mean, I, the only reason I'd take a long rest is because my six-level spell's gone, but other than that... You want to turn people into more mist forms again? Well, yeah. fucking A. <laughs> it was pretty dope. It was. But yeah, that's the only thing. Otherwise, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. All yep. right. Um, okay. I will walk back up to the door and like. Oh, okay, confidence, confidence, confidence. Zitar, hi. We were just talking out front. <laughs> Um, I think we are going to go take care of this. Um, Very well. I am pleased to hear it. As I said, you will know the part of the city where you need to go. You will know uh, it will feel. It will call out to those who seek it. I do not know why. I've never sought it myself, but I know this is how these things work. So, good luck. Yeah, and, and um, you know, if you if you see anybody coming after us, maybe seems not great. Stop them. Please. We don't need anybody else involved in this. I am a lover, not a fighter, but I will do as you ask. Appreciate it, of course, Tar. And I'll give him a wink and then turn and go, all right, gang, um, shall we? Alrighty, yes. so the five of you head out towards that section of the city, or is Ming Hill staying here? Yeah, I guess I, I turn to Ming Hill and I go, I, you're free to come with us if you'd like. Well, well this part of the journey I must can commence. I, this has been my life's work. I must see it through to the end. So I will follow you. If I'm not going to be in the, Actually, I will not be in the way. I promise you I will hold up my end of things. I will make sure that I am a true member of the group, and there will be no problems. You will not even know that I am here. Of course, unless you ask for help, then I will help you, but uh, you oh, will not wow. have any sort of problems with me. You know, Minghill, I think you'd have a lot to talk about with Ubold. Yeah, I can great. see, yes, that he yeah. and I will have a lot in common, uh, and he'll actually come over to you. Yes, perhaps we should have a conversation about how things were, and he just starts to trail off as you all make your <laughs> way just, through the city. Well, I got it. Turn over to Emily and I go, I seriously considered just throwing him up on Ubold's shoulders. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, same difference. I mean, basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll head out. We head out. Let's do it. We do that. We do the thing. We do the thing. A short walk through the city, about a half an hour, 40 minutes or so, as you get to the very northern edges of the city along the Great Chasm. There is a section here that, much like Zatar mentioned, is a section of the city where the Karevi decoration and architecture does seem to fall more away. You notice as you're moving through here that it seems to be not because they don't want to decorate it or have anything to do with it, but simply because it's been neglected. This section of the city 
looks like maybe people are staying away from for some reason. Um, and as you move along, there is, Emmeline, you feel it first, a strange unease that permeates through this place as you move through it. There is a certain feeling that you get, a paranoia of sorts, a feeling as if you're being watched, or that there's something just outside of view that is waiting to spring a trap on all of you. It's an uneasy feeling, and eventually it starts to come over all four of you. Excuse me, all five of you. Can I look around and just see if there's anything obvious that might be pinging my energy? Absolutely. Go ahead and make a perception check for me, please. And while you are doing that, let's have everybody please roll a wisdom save. That's a 22 on my perception. Excellent. Excellent. Wisdom save. 30, 20 on my wisdom save. Perfect. 26. 26. Wow. That is a natural one total four, dear. I love everything about that. 22. 22. And as you all move further in, as you look around, Emmeline, you see that there is a small conglomeration of buildings. Uh, They look like they were probably once barracks of some sort, Uh, but there is one of them that stands out amongst the others. It looks like it once had decoration, a strange flag or a tapestry on the front above the entrance, but it's long since fallen away and it's semi-rotted as it hangs there on the side of the building. Uh, It has some sort of symbol that you can't quite make out, something that's old and faded and in the dark light of the dying last bits of the moonlight, you can't get the full grasp on what it is. And you notice this, and as you notice that, all four of you, all five of you, um, you feel drawn towards that building. And as you are drawn towards that building, Sarah, there is something within you that aspect of you that reaches out and touches the shadow as you move about and move through the darkness, move through the night, and make the killings that you do, that little bit of you is afraid. That little bit of you doesn't want to continue on. Okay. Um... Hey, gang. Um, we could turn around right now. We're almost there. Yeah, yeah, but we could not. Also, what's what's going on? What's wrong? I feel I feel like really weird. Oh, it's just nerves, I bet. How, how intense is this feeling? Well, with a natural one, it's enough that you oh, don't no. want to go on. It's enough to actually stop you from moving. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think I do fully stop. What if Nakanair carried you? I said, um, no. No, I think... Mm. I, I think... And Sarah not walk or something. Yeah. Are you, are you hurt? Is there a problem with you? Uh, is there something wrong? No, I I'm fine. I guess. Um. I feel like there is a uh, endless 
dark maw of chaos and darkness directly ahead of me, and if I take a single step further, I'll fall into eternal death. That's I, just knocking air. More, more than I usually feel around knocking air. I think that no, is anybody else experiencing experiencing this? I feel I fine. A, I have a headache. And in that moment, Ubold does a twenty-six hit your armor class. <gasps> no. Yes, cool. of course it does. <laughs> no. Okay. I have a thirty-eight armor class. That's right. Because I got three breastplates piled, one on top of the other. Get nice, excellent. <laughs> Obold, you feel something very sharp and painful stab through your left shoulder blade. Then there is a searing pain that comes out of that spot. You're going to take 16 points of damage, piercing Ow. damage, and please make a constitution saving throw. What? Ow! I checked to see if Sarah's standing behind me. She is not. <laughs> they are standing directly in front of you. Oh, boy. Um. So that's uh, really not good. That's nine. Nine. Okay. Good to know. You feel something course through you, and you starts to weaken you a bit. You can feel you've uh, been around poisons before. You can tell that it's a poison that's slowly making its way through your body. And in this moment, there is movement out of the corner of your eye, Nakanair, that you see at one of the nearby buildings just next to where the uh, this building that you all had this feeling from is you see that there is a movement from the top of that one building as if someone is shifting and moving in the dark and they are partially obscured by the night uh, in a weird shadowy type of way. And in that moment, what do you all want to do? Um, Are we like in initiative or anything at this point? Not quite yet. But Um, you can do something before the initiative kicks off, I guess. Yeah, if I saw a movement, I will pull my blade and immediately start rushing towards that movement. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I would cast aid okay. um, on my friends. Uh, I, can, I can pick three, so Ming Hill is just going to have to live his own life. He'll deal with it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Um, to go his own way, huh? Who is so, this guy? We don't even know him. Your uh, your your hit points increase by five uh, for the next eight hours or until you lose them. Yeah. Very nice. That's, uh, max hit points and current hit points, right? From aid? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Huge. I will say something's wrong. <laughs> uh, I believe perhaps I have been poisoned. I feel myself getting weaker. It'll drop to one knee and clutching his shoulder where whatever the wound is. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, yes, and as you all start to notice, Nakanair, you start running towards that building, and as you start running towards that building, there is a figure that emerges out of the last little glimpses of the moonlight as it starts to get to be full-on uh, daytime, I guess you could say. Here in this world, the night is how we focus the day. In the daytime, when the sun does not rise, it is even darker. So the moon light is starting to wane. There is a very steady 
slow rain that starts to fall around you all. And there is a figure that emerges out of the shadows and out of the now approaching rain as they dive in towards all of you to make their presence known just to the right of you all. And we are going to roll initiative and bring what up our battle map. Hell yeah. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Initiative, my favorite thing to roll. Oh, yes. 30, 20. Okay, knocking there's got a 20. Uh, 29. 29 wow. for Sarah? Ooh. Uh, that is a 15 for Emmeline. Emmeline, 15. Ooh, bold. Seven. Lucky I think that's pretty fitting seven. right now with the injury you've taken. Yeah. I'll roll for the baddies here. They're going to go on. I'm going to make them just one group as opposed to splitting it all up because that's just easier. Uh, they're going to go on 14. All right. So putting you into order, Sarah, even though you are afraid and of this moment, you do not wish to venture any further. You know the sound and the feeling of battle. You know the feeling of death as it quickly approaches on the swift of the night. And as this figure emerges off to the side, you're going to see that this figure here is a dwarven man who the size of his head is shaved. He has a top knot. Something that is very noticeable about him is one half of his dark clothing is removed, so his left pectoral there is about an inch and a half long a deep groove of a scar of an unhealing blood dart mark much like the one that is on your cheekbone bah. um shit hmm doesn't sound good um okay um I can't decide whether that means we should definitely kill him or whether we should I should try and talk to him I don't think I'm I don't think this guy is gonna I don't think I'm cool with this guy right now okay <laughs> uh, I am going to okay so it's the first turn in initiative my walking speed increases by 10 feet so Perfect. I am going to move 40 feet here which gets me I guess right up to this building where uh, this guy is on the top corner here. So if I if I move right up here, it's about yes. forty feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said that it's not this guy, but the other guy on this other roof that has the blood dart mark, or is it this guy here? The guy over here who jumped out at you. The yes, dwarf, that guy does. Yeah, he has the blood mark, the, the blood oh, dart okay, mark so... on his, on his uh, chest, and you move over here. This figure that's on top of this roof, he looks to be in half-orc. You can't quite exactly make out his details other than the fact that he has an eye patch over one eye, and there was a glowing kind of gleam to the okay. eye patch. And you see on the corner of your vision that there is a third figure on another roof who is not currently on the map, and that's fine. Um, over here. Okay, so then I guess I am going to stay where we where I am then, and okay, I am just going to go after this guy, because I, I would like to make sure the light catches my blood dart mark as I do this, but if he's attacking me, 
and I attack him back, I if he's cool with me, then he'll know, and if he's and he'll deal with it. And if he's not, then I'm glad I get the first attack. In. Um, so I'm going to. I think I, I think I'm just gonna attack, but I'm I'm specifically not aiming to kill. Like regardless okay. of the amount of damage I do, I I don't want to kill him. You're trying to and, subdue him, okay? Yeah. Very well. All right, cool. Uh, all right. Does a seventeen hit? A seventeen hits this guy exactly. Fuck yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, so that is going to be. And do I have an ally within five feet of him? Uh, yeah, I would say, technically speaking, according to the map here, that since you are here, Ubold, right next to you, that just got the dart in his back, uh, yeah, you would all be... The, the the scale on this is a little off, but yeah, you, you're both within five feet of him and each other. Cool, cool. Then I am going to call that sneak attack, if I can. Sure. Uh, so that is going to be... One... D8 plus. So that's 12 plus another 13, 25 damage. And then as Gloomstalker, I get another attack on my first attack. So that's going to be a 28 to hit. Mm -hmm. And then that is another 16 damage on top of that. Oh, absolutely. I love it. So as he emerges and he comes at you guys, he does a wild swing. He kicks his leg out in a practice martial arts move, and you react instinctively despite the fear. You dodge in underneath it, and there is a glint for just a moment as your cheek scar lights up and a little bit of blood starts to trickle down your face as you invoke it. And there is your dagger that comes to hand out of nowhere. The shadows seem to give it into your hand and you slash twice through the night and both stab in one into the guy's stomach. The other one flicks up through his arm and there is a spray of crimson that crosses through your vision for a moment. And you see he staggers for a bit as you hit something underneath his armpit, a killing wound typically, but he was ready for that and he's not exactly dropped quite yet but right. it's a nice opening salvo for sure and then i will uh bonus action uh i guess i will bonus action disengage here so that he can't get an attack of opportunity and move back a little bit um just to make sure i'm not right up in his face so we at least asked him. You know what? Actually, what I'll do is I'll move between him and Ubold here. Okay. Uh, okay. So that he doesn't get another hit in on Ubold. Excellent. Very good. All right. And Nakanair, you see this all spring in action. You're all fully aware of this guy and the two on the building as well. You do notice, Nakanair, because you had noticed before, the two on the building who are now coming into view as they're readying something are not the ones that you saw moving around for a moment. That's actually this one that is over here. Okay. So there is four people you're dealing with right now. All right. Um, did you want me to increase the scale of these, by the way? Uh, you, said, terms... you said that the, the scale of the tokens, you said it's not matching. Oh, no, no. I can no, do that. No, it's fine. Now that I see okay. that he's moved in, um, 
that uh, I'm sorry that Sarah has moved in between. It, it, it's fine. It'll work. Okay, just... that's fine. Um, I'm going to then uh, rage. Um, yeah. The, the air nice. around knocking air becoming noticeably colder uh, in, within ten feet of him. Um, mm. Frost, like the 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 rain that that falls near him almost turns to ice yeah. uh, in in proximity uh, and with my greatsword already drawn I'm just going to immediately charge over to this man that uh, that Sarah had been attacking and, and try to run him through I love it let's see we'll mark off a rage uh, and I'm going to attack recklessly okay hell yeah that is a natural 20 for, oh, a total, for a total of 30, nice. which I assume is. Nice. Oh, yeah. definitely. No, definitely. actually. Yeah, nope. No, he's, he, he steps out of the way. So now. he's got 35. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Okay. Uh, do We're I need playing to... 3.5? <laughs> uh, so uh, I've got a lot of dice here to roll. So I'm going to okay. start with uh, my weapon damage. So uh, my weapon damage is 26. And then there is an additional, oh wait, that wasn't right, uh, plus five. There's an additional 12 points of cold damage. Whew. And then uh, seven points from Brutal Critical. Nice. Oh my goodness. So that's a total of, what is that? 38, 45 on the first hit. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, your uh, your ax comes out and it catches sword. that ice. Great sword. Great sword, excuse me? Yep. I thought you had a great axe. Thank you for correcting me. Your great sword, yeah, it slashes through. It collects some of that ice off of the rain, and there are little bits of icy uh, thorns that appear on the end of it as you slice through them. And as you slice through them, his left arm flies off into the night. Damn. Whoa. Badass. Is he still up? <laughs> he is barely up. He's barely up. He just grits wow. his teeth. He looks back and forth between you and Sarah, like he's maybe rethinking his life choices here. Don't kill him just yet. Second, I'm I'm raging and reckless attacking. There is no option here, and I got a second attack. <laughs> so, yep, yep. Uh, second attack right. is a twenty-three to hit. Oh, certainly. Ooh. Okay, uh, that is fourteen points of slashing damage and four. Uh, nine points of cold damage. Okay, that is enough to end this guy. So yeah, you spin this great sword up two-handed, you bring it up and you drive it down into his chest and push all the way through to the hilt. You feel the tip of it scrape across the ground Ooh. for a minute and the guy just twitches once and goes limp. And as he falls backwards, you raise the sword and he slowly slides off of it and falls to the ground. I, I don't even wait for him to slide off. I immediately am jumping over him and with my full movement, which is going to be about to here, mm -hmm. start running at the the one that you had indicated that I had seen previously. Absolutely. Just like rage, you know, uh, entirely filled with rage, uh, like sword dragging behind him on the ground, just viscera and blood uh, running along the ground as he starts running at this other figure. Absolutely. Badass. I love that. As the rain hits, there's it freezes in little bits of hail that bounce off of you because you're just so cold in this moment. And yeah, you make your way towards that guy. That guy, um, you don't notice. We notice because it's one of those moments with the cool audience. He cuts to him for a second. Uh, you know, the camera view. You see his eyes go wide like, oh, he's, uh, oh, what's this kind of look? Emma Lynn. 
What are you working um, with all of this hubbub that's going on? Well, um, <laughs> she is going to uh, run over this way. And um, as she's running to the guy on the roof um, up north, uh, she'll just say, it's not too late to yield. And um, <laughs> then she's going to cast a guiding bolt. Excellent. Um, and uh, yeah, okay. A 22 to hit. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome. Um, yeah, her her magic um, is a bright source of light in this dark place. So it's almost like watching a, like a flare sort of streak across and up to this dude. And that'll be 19 points of radiant damage. And the next attack against him will have advantage. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. The searing daylight, the little moat of it streaks out, hits him and illuminates him for a moment. And yeah, he's ready for more. Do you have anything else? Um, Nah. Okay. Alrighty. I love that though. Okay. Now they are all going to start reacting. So that guy who you just hit, Emmalyn, he is going to reconfigure the crossbow that he was in the middle of trying to aim. He's going to raise up. He is going to point it in your direction. The one-eyed crossbowman, apparently. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, He is going to roll. He is going to miss you with a 13, I assume. Yeah. So there is a crossbow bolt that as he goes to fire, he has to do one of these because it's so bright what you hit him with. <laughs> he just kind of flinches instinctively and it shoots down and you see it kind of jag into the ground a few feet off to your left as he misses you. There is, much to your surprise, another figure who emerges from the shadows mm. right over here, That's this a- gentleman, and he charges you, Emmeline. <laughs> Jerk. Yes, he is a jerk. He has what looks to be a scimitar. And you see as he approaches that there is one of these blood dart daggers on his left cheek. Mm. He comes at you with a 17. That misses. Okay. He swings the scimitar in a wide arc, and you simply just step out of the way. Kind of like Neo at the end of the Matrix. You're not even worried (laughs) about it. You just step, and it whips through the air. The... Gentleman who was on the roof, and gentleman is probably a loose term here. <laughs> the gentleman who was on the roof directly in front of you, knocking there, he sees you coming. And as I said, he was uh, he had done something to Ubold, and now he's trying to reconfigure something. He stands up, and you see in his hands not a crossbow or any sort of sling or a bow or anything like that. He has what looks to be a small uh, rod type of device, and he points it in your direction. And if you could, let's do this first. Let's see if it is cheat here um that is a dirty 20 to hit um you also have advantage on that just because i'm oh well that's even better let's see i did attack recklessly okay yeah so the the dirty 20 is the better one okay it still hits okay um so you were gonna take um six points no i'm sorry seven points of piercing damage as a dart of some sort shoots out of this thing, slams into you. Please make a constitution. Is that before or after my rage reduction? That'll be after. Yep. Okay. Brought it down for you. Um, And then if you could make a constitution saving throw. Is it versus uh, poison? It is. Okay. I have advantage on that. Excellent. Uh, 21. Okay. Yep, you are fine. 
Okay. So yeah, you feel it. Well, actually, you don't even feel it. You're in such a blood rage right now. It hits you, but you don't even slow down. And he is readying something else, trying to get at you guys. The last remaining one that you all can see is this guy who was up on this other roof. He is going to load his crossbow, and he's going to fire. Let's see. He has basically the only one he could really see right now is Emmeline and Minghill. Come at me, bro. So he is going to... Oh, he's going to fire at Minghill. Um, he's going to shoot him with a 21. Oh, no. So Minghill is starting to, in the middle of the square here, there is this table type of apparatus, and Minghill goes to hide underneath it, and it was a crossbow bolt that slams into just below his neck, right above his collarbone, and he, uh, and he spins and rolls and slams into the ground beneath that table. And Ubold... You are up. You are staggering. You're feeling your vision starting to darken on the edges of it. But it's your turn. I will um, proceed to drop um, my healing spirits. Mm-hmm. Nice. I will drop it. Who did I see take damage there quickly, briefly, and all this? Uh, Ming Hill took some damage. Ming Hill was just hit. Yep. Okay. So I'll drop it here. And then I will move. So is this. This is like a building? It is. Yeah, it's partially dilapidated. There, uh, dilapidated, dilapidated. There is a section of it off to the side that's completely broken and all caved in uh, to the uh, northern section of it, kind of like through this area. So you could partially see through that. Do I take extra damage from the poison this round, or uh, at the end of the round you will? Yeah, I will move my ass in here just to try and get some cover. Okay. And I get shot again as I'll kind of stumbling down and try to draw my my hammer, you know, off my back and and sort of get into cover and sort of try to take stock of um, what's going on, who's attacking us, um, while this thing hopefully will uh, do some healing. Okay. You are going to take three additional points of poison damage. Okay. I unfortunately don't have a poison healing thing, so. Oh. Look at all my spells, and I don't. Good to know. Already, yeah, and then you duck into there, and you take partial cover behind in through the sections in there. Yep. So, Sarah, as that dwarven guy drops from Nakanair's blow, Nakanair runs off into the night to go slay somebody else. You look around, you do see that one of the blood darts, you can tell by the way he moves, he's a blood dart. He has come up next to Emmeline, and he is swinging what looks to be some sort of scimitar, um, for those at home, it kind of looks like a katana, basically. It's not, I'm just using scimitar. That's the closest thing. But it's swinging it towards and around his face, or her face, excuse me. Okay, cool. Uh, hate that. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you'll be fine. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, I am going to come in on that guy, not because I think that you can't handle it, but because I, am, I want this guy alive. So I'm going yeah. to go in... Uh, but instead of attacking, so I'm going to activate my winged boots. So I have a flying speed equal to my walking speed. 
So I fly up into the air and then over. So I'm right above this guy. Uh, and then I'm going to... Which guy? I'm sorry, where are you going? This guy that's... Uh, Emelyn is involved oh, okay. with this other blood dart that just ran out here. Uh, yeah. So I'm Excellent. right... I'm, I'm kind of above that guy. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. And then I am going to... Reflavor this item as just like pulling darkness and weaving it into something I'm not even sure, and equivalently reach into my bag of tricks as an action and pull out an animal here <laughs> uh, because I can. And we're gonna hope this thing is gonna give me some extra help here let's hope it goes well that's an eight which is a tiger i Ooh. summon a tiger <laughs> made of shadows very normal very average thing to do oh yeah see these things all the time <laughs> i weave a tiger out of shadow and i drop it on this dude excellent Yes, as you do, it's like you pull the tiger made out of shadow out of the bag. Just right. And, and as it, it starts to roar as it pounces down on top of him. Uh, does it get to attack this round? I would assume it does. Cool. Uh, it's friendly to me and my allies and it acts on my turn, which is currently. Sure, yeah. And I'm using my bonus action to give it the command to attack but not kill. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, let's see. So how uh, does that attack? Do you have a tiger stat? Uh, yeah, I have a tiger stat block. Perfect. Up here. Just, okay. you know, and it's, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. You know, uh, I'll have it roll, roll a quick attack here. Mm -hmm, um, sure. And would you say... Would it get you think? It, uh, no, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll, it has an extra ability, but I don't think it would attack. It would work this turn. Uh, yeah, I think it would have time to, as you pull it out, it just pounces down on him. It has time for the attack. And it has yeah, to that's pretty much itself it. for a minute. All right, cool. So that is going to be a, a 19 to hit. Yep, definitely. Hits All right. And then it does 1d10 plus three. Ooh. So it does another eight damage. Okay. Uh, and lands on top of this, dude. I love that. Alrighty. Um, now, with it being made out of shadow, spectral energy, it's partially physical. So does he yes. have to make any sort of check to make I, it I, prone? Or? It doesn't technically say that, like, there's not, like, an ability, but I am dropping it on yeah. him. Do I'm we gonna think he's going to make some type of save yeah, against it? Yeah, I'm going to have to make a deck save to see if he gets knocked prone with this thing on top of him. Uh, let's see. The total for that for him is going to be an 11. What would be your DC for, like, a spell or something? It would be 8 plus your proficiency modifier. But yeah, my spell DC yeah. is 15. 15? Okay, yeah. So yeah, it's going to drive him down to the ground. He gets, Emelyn, you see a spectral tiger made out of shadows, jumps down out of a bag, slams on top of this guy, and bears him down to the ground. His head rickles off the ground for a second. And uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the fight's oh. turning here. <laughs> I, I yell, stay quiet and stay still if you want to live. That's Excellent. Excellent. Knocking there. You are running towards this guy up on top of the roof. Great yep. sword dragging behind you. It's cutting a. 
groove yep. through the ground as you run. What do you do? Uh, so I can't actually get all the way up there, but I can. Uh, does it take my action to, to start climbing up onto the roof? I would say if you do a double move, you could get up to the roof, but you wouldn't be able to do anything else. But I would say you could get there and then use your movement to climb the rest of the way up. You're a pretty spry, fast, quick guy. Okay, well, pretty spry. since I can't actually get all the way up and do anything, uh, I will move to uh, about here mm -hmm. uh, as if I'm like going for the angle. And as I'm running, I'm going to uh, unleash my glacial wind. Uh, which is a roar uh, as if a uh, horrendous uh, glacial storm is erupting from me. Uh, and both of these two within uh, uh, enemies within sight of me have to make wisdom saving throws. Okay. I love nice. that. DC yes, are... is 17. 17. Oh, yeah, because you are a North Wolf, a uh, subclass that is specific to this campaign setting. You get to channel the call, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, those are really bad rolls. So the one's going to have a 9, and the other one's going to have an 11. Okay, they oh. are both frightened for the next minute. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. How does it feel? Yeah, I'm going to make a note here. Okay. Yes, they <laughs> they are they are definitely rethinking their life choices here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Emmeline. You see that, yeah, the fight is still going, but uh, you don't see anybody else jumping out of the shadows to surprise you all. So what do you want to do? Well, um, she'll see this semi-spectral tiger and just say, oh, that's new. <laughs> and uh, she's going to move away. I can take the opportunity attack and sort of come to... Uh, this spot here. Um, and she will send up another uh, attack at the guy up north. Um, Don't forget to roll it with advantage. I was going to say, you still have advantage because there betcha. hasn't been an attack against him yet. So first off, I'm going to have the guy on the ground. He's going to try to make an attack of opportunity on you with disadvantage, sure. of course, because he's got a tiger on top of him and uh, he's a little bit disheveled here. Uh, nah, he's gonna miss. Excellent. Um, okay, so... That's, uh... A 22. Definitely hits hit. the guy on the roof, yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I'm casting it at 4th level. Oof. It's, it's fun. Okay. Um, so that's 27 points of radiant oh, damage. Yeah. Get him. him. Yeah, buddy. All right. Yep, yep. This Once is again, guy... illuminated with uh, with the light. Mm -hmm. And as it hits him, his body ripples and shakes and burns as the holy light just burns through him. The darkness around him that semi shrouds the blood darts in the shadow starts to burn away, knocks him back. You see him disappear from sight on top of the roof. You're not sure if he's dead or what, but he's no longer uh, a threat, it would seem. I told you we could yield. <laughs> You're doing this to yourself. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so the guy who's on the ground, he is going to try to just get this tiger off of him. He's going to try to do an athletics test as opposed to the tiger's athletics test, if we could, please. Yeah, I can do that for sure. Okay, uh... Because he's pinned, I believe he's going to have that with disadvantage. Ooh. 
Okay. It's going to be so, a 12. Yeah, uh, 18 for the tiger. Okay. He can't get out from underneath the spectral panther. The physical parts of it are just weighing him down, pinning him down, snapping at his face. You see him. Uh, 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 he's trying to move his face out of the way. It's snapping at him and trying to bite into his throat. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Literally stop fighting. And uh, the guys who are frightened, um, they, I believe, can't really do anything, correct? Because they are frightened. Second here. Pretty sure they can't do anything because they suck. Well, they they, can, they they have disadvantage on attacks and ability checks, and they can't move closer to me. Right. That's the only effect of frightened. Okay, I'm gonna bring it up my conditions real quick. I have my little cards are not out in front of me. One of the, the one thing I forgot tonight. That's okay. Uh, yeah. So, yes, they are frightened. Yeah, you are correct. So, they are going to just stand there and wonder about what to do. But uh, the one who is over here is going to try to just go ahead and fire at you with his crossbow. He wants to try to end whatever it is you're doing, but he has disadvantage, as you just mentioned. Oh, either a 19 or a 3, so 3 plus his attack roll. With a 13 to hit, which is not going to hit. Nope. He fires the crossbow, knocking air, knocking air. You just move and it just glances off of an icy sheen that is formed on your skin. It just pring, glances off and twirls through the night. Bits of the rain that fall down as they solidify, they semi-freeze it in the air and parts of it trickle and shatter off as it slams into the ground. The other guy, the guy who was over here, he is going to try to do the same thing. He, however, doesn't have a crossbow. He has that weird dart thing but he is going to do something else. He starts gesturing with his hand. And, man, this disadvantage is not helpful for them. Uh, he's going to try to hit you with a 14, which will not Misses. work either. Yeah, as he gestures, puts his hand out, and there is a little ray of a sickly green energy that sizzles through the night. It doesn't light up anything. It just comes at you. And, again, it just deflects off of the icy sheen forming around you as his... Uh, Acid dart doesn't really do anything. And they get to make um, saves again at the end of their turn to get rid of the um, the frightened condition. Perfect. Those are wisdom saves? Wisdom saves, yeah. Okay. TC 17. Okay. The one is going to get a 17. The other one is going to get an 11. So which, the, which one succeeded? The guy who has succeeded is this guy over here. So the guy you are closer to is still frightened and he seems to be, he's trying to get ready to try to maybe cast a spell or something again. And he's starting to fumble. You can see his hands are shaking. He is not liking this too much. The guy who was on top of the roof next to you, Emmeline, doesn't do anything. You either killed him or he's semi out of the fight. Uh, nice. The guy, yep, that's it. All right, so who bold? Um, I'm going to, can I step out this way? Mm -hmm, yeah, it's open back there. All right, what I would like to do, I'm tell you what I would like to do, and then you'll tell me what happens. I want to yell out a powerful scream of rage, grab my two-handed maul, and, and run over here and start busting some support beams Ooh. to try and bring the the roof action down. Okay. Um, I'll say for the sake of argument, because you, it's not really going to be hard to you know hit a building, uh, go ahead when you go over there, make attack rolls, but do them at advantage, because the building's not going anywhere. <laughs> It dodges out of the way of your attacks. Oh, 
That's right. So I got a 19 plus my to hit will be, yeah. you know, 20 some odd, 27. Just see if you don't roll lower than a 10. So you're no, fine. Um, yeah, go and roll your damage. Say these posts have hit points equal to 15. There's two of them you can hit. Uh, 12 points. Okay. You start smashing into the one and your maul just starts smashing off. There's splinters that are breaking off and you can see the building is starting to awesome. Start to sway. I'm yelling all the way. Oh, yeah. Um, go ahead, please. Make another constitution saving throw. Damn you. What would you ask that of me? Oh, it's kind of hoping we all well, forget about better. that. That's a 17. Okay, this time it does pass. So you start to fight off the poison, so you don't take any more poisoned condition, right. but you have poison damage for this round is two. Um, but now that you've made your save, you won't have to take that anymore. Yeah. Um, either of you wounded, um, Sarah Emelyn? I'm good. Awesome. Feeling good. Knocking or probably not. Not that it matters, no. <laughs> okay, I'll leave my spirit next to uh... Mingheel. Yeah. Did Mingheel heal, heal from it last turn, by the way? Yeah, he's healing. Okay. He's just, he's laying under the table, kind of feeling okay. bad for about himself, so. <laughs> Alright. Uh, he heals for 2d6, by the way. I cast it at a slightly higher level. Oh, okay. Cool. If he ever appears to be okay, I'll bonus action move the thing over to me, because... Yeah, he seems to be okay now that it's been a second round of that. So. All right, so I'll bonus action, move it over here. And that's me. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, top of the round, Sarah. Yeah, uh, my tiger seems to have things uh, pretty safe here. <laughs> over here. So I'm going to uh, fly up to this. Uh, so, so this dude on the roof is just gone. That, that the one that Emmeline shot at that guy's yeah. gone because you're higher you can see that yeah he's on his back just his his arms are all splayed out his eyes are yeah, lifeless looking up into the night yeah he's dead I don't need that guy I'm going over to uh to uh this guy on the farther roof from me uh mm -hmm. this guy this, this guy uh move my my guy my token closer here go right over here fly up towards the roof and I'm going in for a stab if you can believe it I'm gonna stab okay. this guy okay nice. uh, close the distance with your speed your wings yeah, flying I'm through the night there's rain that's pelting heck. down off of you as you swipe over there uh it's so speedy so quick speedy. gonna run right in there uh that is going to be of course a 19 to hit mm -hmm. yeah cool guys are rolling great love it and so that is a quick 16 damage uh and then uh as a bonus action i am going to uh, cast Hunter's Mark on him. Uh, not 
not to do more damage, but in case he runs away. I see. Okay. Yeah, there is a shimmering shadow that starts to dance around him as you pull it out of the night and mark him with your hunter's mark. Very cool. uh, does he ha- also have a blood dart mark that I can he see? He does. Now that you're up close, yeah, you can see he does too. His bastards. is like on his forehead. This is why I got out. All right. Um, I think that is that is my turn. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Knock in there. So the rage still a... flows through you. I yes, I'm definitely still raging, and I have a question for you. Well, of course. First of all, is this is the building that this person is standing on also kind of decrepit like the others, or is it a solid building? This one is more solid than the others. Uh, it would take probably a longer time to break it down the way that Ubold is breaking down the other building, okay. but you could do that. It would just take a lot longer. This building is the most intact out of all the buildings in the area. This is the one that has that tapestry in the front that almost looks like maybe it was a temple or a church or something at one point. Okay, then then Nakanair wouldn't I wouldn't do what I was contemplating doing. I have a, I have a cool ability that I was going to use, but like if this is a, a temple, that's not even an option for him. Um, okay. He he's just going to leap up onto the, the top of the building. Uh, do you mean do an athletics check for Please the climbing do, yep. aspect of it? Yeah. Yep. Just make an athletics test real quick. Uh, does a twenty four succeed? Yeah, I think that'll work okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, so, you jump up and with your feet jumping, you have your, your sword still behind you. You're just jumping, grabbing with your feet and with your one arm. You pull yourself up onto the roof and pull up. And then you still allow me. I think what I actually do is just oh, yeah. like take the sword and like jab it into the side of the building and use it as like a pole vault sort of oh, deal. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, to, to leap up landing like um, almost fer- like a feral creature landing on all fours and then just with the the sword kind of you know reverse grip sort of deal slash it across the the guy i love that yeah go ahead and roll an attack roll for me uh and i'm obviously still attacking recklessly because why would i not yeah why wouldn't you yeah <laughs> uh 26 to hit for the first attack oh yeah uh, that's going to be 11 points of slashing damage and mm-hmm. 11 points of cold damage. Ooh, and then okay. the second attack is a 25 to hit. Uh, that's going to be 12 points of slashing damage and 11 points of cold damage. Nice. So as yeah, you vault yourself up onto the roof, and as you land in a three-point stance, snarling like a wolf, you rip the sword out, bring it up in that underhand strike, and do a figure eight through this guy, and then you see his body just in quarters go onto the roof. And uh, yeah, he's he's gone. <laughs> I will right. let out a howl of uh, rage in dropping him and turn and look back at the one that Sarah had just attacked. Excellent. All right. Yeah, he and the, the guy in the ground over here, I'll put the, wolf, the tiger a little closer, seem to be the only ones left. Um, so, good to know. All righty. Emmeline. So, she's going to look over to where the majority of her group is and just see, like, they've got this. Um, so she is going to come over to this guy near the tiger um, and just saunter up to him and hey how you doing buddy hey <laughs> so I don't want to ruin the tiger's fun 
clearly it's having a good time. So I would love to hold an attack with my mace um, to when I see the bad guy uh, try to attack either me or the tiger. Okay. I'll just I'll just wait. Like, the t take your time, play with him. But if he's going to come <laughs> after you, then I'm gonna try to stop that. Uh, okay. Can I yell to the tiger? <laughs> do what do whatever, Emmeline. Tell I don't know whether you're sentient yet. This is still <laughs> confusing to me. This is a new ability. I don't really know how it works yet. <laughs> <laughs> Emmeline doesn't know either. So, just you know, have a good time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alrighty, so you can hold your action. Yeah, so that baddie on the ground, he is going to try to get the tiger up off of him. He's going to make an opposed athletics test. A disadvantage because he's prone. Does, I that, does that count as triggering Emma's? I, I think it would. I just have the tiger make the athletics test. I'm sure you're going to yeah, be yeah. tiny just rolled, but you know. Sick. I don't think it's going to go well for him. Does an 18 uh, hit that guy? It will. Okay. 15 for the tiger. He's staying down. Yeah, he tries to shove the tiger off of him. He's starting to panic a little bit now. And as he tries to force the tiger back, he happens to see you moving in from the side and you bring your mace down and just hit the guy. Go and roll your damage. Did, did you roll with advantage, Beth? Because he's so prone. I just well, did, knowing now that he's prone. Mm -hmm. And I got a natural 20 for oh, 27. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Fucking knock it out. So, um, brain this guy. I love it. <laughs> that, let's see. It's not very impressive. Uh, that is nine nine points of uh, damage. That's okay. This tiger has been working on him. Yeah, you bring the yeah. mace down and brrr, you just brain him. Just, I mean, he doesn't nice. splatter or anything. You're nicer than your... Oh, well, maybe he does. You nah. sound like that was kind of fun for you. No, so, no, no, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you bring the mace down and you end the guy. He stops struggling and the spectral tiger looks up at you. A mixture of, hey, you stole my kill. And hey, that was really cool. Kind of <laughs> expression on its void-like features. <laughs> Good yes. work, buddy. Again, it is just like shifting shadow. Is yeah. it alive? Is it even here? I that's don't good. know. But it is friend shaped. Oh so no! Yeah, I he's will here. Befriend it. <laughs> oh, he's a, a a cuddly little guy for yeah. sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that guy is gone as well. The remaining uh, blood dart assassin who was on the top of the roof right in front of you, Sarah. He's going to attack you as he says. It was purely business. The Willoy sent us to deal with you. Uh, nineteen to hit. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. He hits you with his dagger. He is going are to be... Sure, are you sure he does? He does, yeah. It's five points of piercing <laughs> damage. Okay. Please make a constitution saving throw. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. It's a, um, it's a four. A four? Yeah, four. Is that... That's... That's fine, right? That's that a great roll, and I think that's really going to help you a lot. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. The damage for that is, let me double check. Get my right dice. Right here, these ones. Sorry, everybody. It's always something. You are going to take seven points of damage. It's poison damage. You're not poisoned, but... 
his poison okay. damage. That's good, at least. As his dagger stabs into you. Ow! <laughs> you, like your companion Ubo, will take on the poison condition for a little bit. We'll deal with that shortly. Um, that's him, though. Ubold, speaking of, are you still attacking the post and everything? Yeah, I'll take the healing from my thing. Okay, yeah, go ahead and roll. That's 2d6, you said? Yeah. Beautiful. All right. And um, I will then attack again. Yeah. The post. Um, so there's two posts, you said? There is the one that's got basically three hit points left and the other one looks like it's a little bit weaker than the other one so okay um can i just throw it on the hammer and you know samson style like oh grab both and just okay yeah let's uh yeah make a strength or athletics test all right would have set this as a dc we'll see if you roll well you're gonna roll we'll see what you roll yeah. That? Give me just a sure. second. Um, I am going to, as I do that, mm -hmm. activate uh, one of my uh, special items, which is an Eldritch Claw tattoo. So this tattoo that is etched into my skin starts to glow the color of moonlight along my arms and as i reach out and grab both posts and push them these tendrils of light wrap around the two posts and start crushing them um as i post and what this does is that it gives me um extra extra plus one bonus to attack and damage roll with unarmed strikes <laughs> nice and an extra force damage to yeah, extra to them, d6 right? force damage on the yeah. yeah it's a particular favorite of mine it's a good one <laughs> all right so that will be 18 to hit or you're just making an athletics test oh sorry or are, you, right. are you punching him that misunderstand no no that that that's fine that's fine I, it, the thing was just the the tattoo was just for flavor then okay. um and uh so the athletics test then um is uh 16. yeah okay so you start pushing and you just ripple out your corded muscles are starting to bulge your veins are snapping and you push and up on the roof let's have sarah are you still flying or did you I am. yeah okay the guy beneath you has to make a dexterity save <laughs> the natural one he doesn't pass nice. <laughs> can and, as the roof is falling yes, can i yes. just like give him a little quick wave <laughs> yep, and like yep. absolute absolute and yes, Ubold, you push and the building topples and creaks and you step back just as it starts to crumble and the building just collapses in on itself as the last bits of your tattoo are rippling and lighting up across your arms. The building as it caves in, that guy reaches out for you, Sarah, just trying to instinctively try to stop himself from falling before he is swallowed up by the building as it falls. There is a loud boom that roars through this section of the city, which is relatively empty as the building smashes is down and around this guy. He's going to take damage from falling, which is 2d6. Or, I'm sorry, 1d6, which is 5. Plus, he's going to take damage from the building. <laughs> which is going to be... Do that. It's 11. Okay. And this guy is crumpled. And he has a bloody 
nasty mashed up form and he starts to try to crawl out of the rubble as initiative comes to an end he is going to start crawling forward and he looks up at all of you and Sarah as you kind of fly down his eyes meet yours and he goes it's only business oh, oh. And there's blood that trickles out the side of his face and the the light of his blood dart the the it's a, it's a wound that doesn't heal. It always looks like it's fresh and bleeding. It finally seals up, and there's a reddish light that disappears from it as his eyes glaze over, and he is gone as well. No and, fucking way. No. Can we... <laughs> is he dead dead? He's dead. He's dead. They're all dead. We're not even talking like... Like, if we get some healing on him, we can't bring him back? Does somebody have, like, Revivify or something like that? I actually do. Oh. I can cast Revivify on him if we want. I kind of want to figure out who sent these dudes, but are we just assuming it's Runa? No, Didn't they, he just they say said, it? Yeah. Oh, okay. He said the Willoy sent him. The Willoy. No but okay. But you can do that if you want. I kind of want to know more, but I think there's just a part of Sarah that needs to know more about because they're blood darts, that makes Sarah particularly pissed that they mm -hmm. just came after her mm -hmm. and like I well, don't does Sarah have any particular insight because they are blood darts like well that's what I'm wondering is like if I knew more about how they got hired and what in particular they were supposed to do but can I try and do like an insight check based on what just happened like did they seem like they were just sent to kill us did they seem like they were sent to to get Ming Hill sure they were you can after make an insight check particular? yeah you can make an insight check with advantage because you are blood dart you kind of know how that whole situation works for sure um that is a 22 okay yeah, you know, the, much like the way that you were brought up through the Blood Dart organization, you know that they are uh, killers that typically work to try to balance out problems. They're not entirely inherently good or evil. They're kind of brought in to solve problems that might need to be clandestinely solved. <laughs> um, so there's not like a definitive, like, oh, they're always bad guys, I guess you could say. I mean, you yourself are one who walks a... Uh, a truer path than say these guys here but you do know that the blood darts specifically they are figures that they when they're tasked to kill somebody it's supposed to be quick and decisive and they don't really have any sort of personal stake in it they really are just hired to do a job as you could say um you could tell yeah from the way he said it the willow sent and the fact that everything's going on the way it did uh the way they were striking the way that they tried to pretty much take out all of you um, the, yeah, you probably, uh, that uh, Runa sent them to eliminate all of you guys um, on just okay. a, a basic level to have you guys out of the way. Um, Friends of yours. Hardly. I guess I, I'm going to kneel down uh, and I, I'm going to go around to all of the bodies mm -hmm. and take their blades um and i am going to uh hmm. i think i'm going to go is there a good place where i could start a fire 
Uh, yeah, I, you can, if you want, in one of these uh, semi-dilapidated buildings, you can start out a fire and try to figure out what your next steps might be. Yeah, I think I'm going to start a fire just off to the side here. Okay. Grab some type of bucket or pot or something and put the blades in it and start uh, melting them down. Um, and I turn to everybody. Um, we all have our blades that are important to us. Um, no one's supposed to use a, a darts blade after death. So they may have tried to kill us, but they, um, blood darts were the closest thing to a family I had for a really long time. So, um, it, I, it should only take a, it should only take a bit. And as the night continues to get darker, as the moon's light starts to wane, as the hours of the night turn into the hours of the day, you watch Sarah burn and melt the daggers down in the bucket. And in this moment, this quiet contemplation that they have in regards to their past and their future coming together in a conflict, we're going to take a late break. Folks at home, please do the same, but come back because we are going to get back on the trail and get everybody towards the Vault of the Ancients. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much for listening. This was part three of La Nata Eterna. If you like what you've heard, please be sure to head on over to the Kickstarter released by Jason Forbes and Ali Rebelli, currently funded and unleashing several stretch goals. You can download the Quickstarter or find information about the three new rule books coming out over 1,000 pages of content, which includes three new magical races, 15 subclasses, and over 100 magical items that will help you combat the dark. Thank you so very much for listening. Please stay tuned for the next exciting installment of La Nauticerna. <laughs>